Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavruta Yordana Osband, our daf of the day, Masachik Tubot, daf kaf aleph, page 21. Except for, as promised, we've got a Mishnah on the bottom of the previous daf, which is going to lead into this daf. And here we go. Ze omer ktav yadi, vzek tav yadoshal chaviri. Vze omer ktav yadi, vzek tav yadoshal chaviri. Hare elu nemanim. So what happens is if we have a witness, right, who's, where the name that is signed on the document, right, um, let me say this better. If there's a witness who comes and says that the name that is signed on the document, what he says it about it, this is my handwriting, and this is the handwriting of my, my buddy, right, who is also a witness with me. Uh, and likewise, the other guy says, this is my handwriting, and that is the handwriting of my buddy, my co-witness, then those two witnesses are considered nemanim, they're considered believable, credible, um, and then the document, of course, is going to be upheld, because the same way that they witnessed it, they've attested to the fact that they that that there was a witnessing, and they are the witnesses of it, and, and Shalom al-Yisrael, right? Meaning this is it. It's a good document, good witnesses. So Rebbe, Rebbe Udanasi says, but if you have the two witnesses where they each say, that is my handwriting, meaning that is my handwriting. The other guy says, that is my handwriting. But neither of them says anything about the other guy's signature. Then according to Rebbe Udanasi, there needs to be some other kind of witness who's going to give some kind of verification or authentication of their same signatures. Meaning it's not enough to identify your own handwriting. You need to also be able to identify the others. And if there's nobody to do that, then you need somebody else to be able to do that. That's Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. They say you don't need somebody else. The sages say, meaning the majority here say, you don't need anybody else because the moment you've got somebody saying, that's my handwriting, that's considered credible. The testimony about one's own handwriting is considered sufficient, according to the majority here, anyway. Right now, the Gemara then picks up on this dispute at the end of the Mishnah and spends some time trying to understand exactly what is the rationale of Rebuda Nasi. Testing about testifying about his own handwriting is insufficient, um, is insufficiently, I would say, valid or strong enough to uphold the document. Right, and then is he being machmir? It's he, it certainly seems that he's being machmir, right? And um, I'm saying all of this, you know, outside, outside of the daf. But if you look on Kaf Aleph, twenty-one, you start at the top and just kind of read through it, you'll see all of these questions about what does it mean? Who, you know, do you need to have authentication of the other? Meaning, can somebody testify about themselves, but not and when they have nothing to say about the other? Well, do you then need to go and authenticate the other signature? Um, the one other thing I want to just mention in brief is that when we get to the bottom of the daf, towards the bottom of the daf, there's an actual message, hahaya, right? Uh, an actual case that took place um, where there's also a mnemonic there that I think everybody should look at. It's really the mnemonics of the names, right, of the rabbis, but. Um, who who are weighing in here? But leaving that aside, there's a case of what happens when from the from the court of Marshmuel, and there's a document there, and then the question, and then literally what happens when Rav Hanan Barchia comes and testifies 
about his own signature and somebody else's signature. And then, right, and that signature is by Rav Hanan Bar Rabba. Right? My point here is just that in addition to this being um, halacha on the books, right, how do we handle the case of witnesses and so on to, to make sure that they're valid, there's a case of how was it treated when there was a real court and a real document and witnesses who indeed came forward to uh, to ratify or to verify their own, I guess ratify is the wrong word there, to verify their own signatures. So this particular document seems to be, it says here that it's to benefit um, orphans, right? And so then the question is, you know, to what extent, how far do you have to dig, you know, to make sure that you can uphold something, especially when you have, you know, now this is a, a more of a meta question, but depending on what the cause is as well. Okay, your data, I'm going to hand it over to you. I know there's plenty to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the important pieces here really pay attention to the machlokas between Rebbe and the Chachamim. I think there's interesting stuff here about, you know, why we, when do we paskin like Rebbe? When do we not paskin like Rebbe? And I think that discussion really is, you know, an indicator of how important Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi was. Like he was really the person, he was the Gadol. And, uh, you know, but th there's a lot on this stop time pack here. Um, I'm going to move. To tell with with the majority, he's not dismissed as you know a lone opinion, right? We don't, the other... we don't necessarily pass him like him, but he's not dismissed, right? He's not dismissed so quickly when he's against one person. That other person is we always pass him like him, and they're dismissed. But the fact that we even think about do we listen to him when he comes up against the majority is a really interesting discussion. Um, I'm going to move to the bottom of Amudat. And there's a discussion here. There's a statement by Rav Huna. Um, and the Gemara learns three things, right? It says, Shmami Natslat. We learn three things from Rav Huna. Now, the first one is what I'm interested in, of Eid Nased Dayan, that a witness can become a judge. The other two things, they actually, they're gonna, the Gemara discusses and uh, says maybe they're not so true. We can learn those three things. But I want to go back to this idea of, uh, of, uh, of aid Nasedayan, right? That a witness and a judge can be one in the same in a case. Um, and so we have the following. Yativ Rabbi Abba, right? So Rabbi Abba sat, ma'ata, and he said the following uh, halacha, de'ed Nasedayan, that a witness can become a judge. So Rav Safra basically raised an objection to this halacha that Rabbi Abba said. He quotes here a Mishnah, that we actually learned in Masaka Rosh Hashanah. Uh, it's, a, it's on Dav Chavhei uh, Amudvet that says, let's say there are three people who see the new moon. And remember, you need a court that is comprised of three people to sanctify the new moon. But you also need two witnesses uh, to give testimony that they saw the new moon. So you only have these three people here, right? Three people who saw the new moon. Yamdu Shnaim. So two of them can basically uh, should stand, right? Which basically means they should be the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, sorry, that they should basically stand, okay? And they should, uh, in other words, you have to basically find two other people to join the remainder of those three. So in other words, I didn't explain this well. Of those three people who originally saw the moon, you take two of them and say, okay, you be witnesses. And the third person, you have to find two other people to join in to basically make a beitin, right? Yamdu shnayim v'yashuvu mechavarei mitzal yachid v'yaidu bifneihem. 
And then the, the first two of that group of three, they come before this new bait team for this new group grouping of three, which we got these two extra people for. And they testified that they saw the new mood by Yomru. And then the new bait team can basically say, Mikudash HaChodesh Mikudash, right? That the new month is sanctified. And so from this, what we basically see is since we have to have two others join that original judge to form sort of this new baiting of three, right? So we see that an individual judge cannot sort of sanctify the month by himself. Right? But if we say that a, that a witness can become a judge, as you said, Ravi Abba, right? Why do I need to do any of this? The three judges can stay as judges. They, two of them can sort of act as witnesses to the three of them, and they can just sanctify the month. In other words, why do we need to do this two more people? If a Diane can also be an aide, then th- this Mishnah doesn't seem to make any sense. And so they say, Amar lay, right? So what did Rabbi Yaber say to Rav Safra? He said, this Mishnah was also difficult for me to understand. And so I had to ask Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Barmatra about this. So first of all, I love the idea that Rabbi Abba actually sort of admits that he didn't know, okay? But Rabbi Yitzchak Rav Luna, and Rabbi Yitzchak, he had to ask Rav Luna, but Rav Luna Lechia Bar Rav, and Rav Chia, uh, and, and uh, Rav Luna asked uh, Chia Bar Rav, and Chia Bar Rav had to ask Rav. So we understand that this was actually, it was a very difficult question. They had this principle of Dayan Nasaid, and then they had this mission of Rosh Hashanah, which seems to be that it's not actually true. So notice like how far up the change they have to go. They have to get up to Rav, basically. Right? But Amr Lahu and Rav said to all of these people, The reason why it's different in the case of Kiddush HaChodesh than this case of Star is because Kiddush HaChodesh is Torah law, right? The uh, the mitzvah of having to be Makadish LeChodesh is a law that's a Deoraisa, and we have to be more strict about how we accept the ages. This requirement or the ratification or the, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, making sure that a star is authentic, this is just, it's an extra. It's just a Deorabanan. And therefore, when we're talking about a star, in that case, we can be lenient and a Dayan can actually ask as an aide. Now, just as an aside, even though we have this principle of Dayan Nasa aid, this also, they can't do this in a case, in a capital case, in a case of Nefashos. You also do not allow a Dayan to be an aide. But I, I think this was a really interesting piece that I think, first of all, shows what happens when Amorayim don't know the answer. And sometimes they really get stumped and it sort of has to go to, uh, you know, the biggest Amora, right? Or one of the biggest Amora who was Rav. Um, and also this whole concept, you know, where their cases will sort of allow a Diane to function as a witness and when will we not allow them to function as a witness. And I guess if I wanted to tie both things together, you know, this little story here about Rav, it also reminded me of a little bit of Rabbi Huda Hanasi, that we sort of sometimes have some of these personalities, Rabbi Huda Hanasi in the time period of the Tanaim and Rav in the time period of the Amorayim, who sort of like, they were the person, they sort of had a weight or uh, had a depth of Torah knowledge that was even bigger than sort of like your average Talmud Chacham. Yeah, they certainly have that stature. Um, I think the whole discussion of, of 
um, the connection between being a witness and being a judge is, um, I think it's fascinating. I think it merits a lot of attention and exploration. And I want everybody to hold the discussion in their heads because it comes up. It will continue to come up. And there's ramifications for women. There's ramifications. For, there's a lot of stuff that goes on here. And I don't think that it's an obvious connection. Meaning, if you think about civil law, right, there's no... There, there are expectations of what const, who constitutes a judge and their expectations of who, const, who can constitute a witness. And they're really not... You know, they're not they don't have any connection between them, even if some of the traits might align. So I just, you know, I think it's an important uh, discussion to keep going. Yeah. And, you know, again, one of these sort of like halakhic principles that we'll sort of see discussed in other places. Well, that's our top discussion. Oh, and before I even wrap up, just to mention again, another interesting halakha that appears on the pages of Kitubot. And again, why this masachat sort of holds its own special place. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP and our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.